on your PC, iPod or smartphone. This is the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. Coming up on the 19th edition of the girlsplayfooty.com podcast for 2016, we review the 2016 USAFL Nationals from Sarasota, Brennanton, Florida. We catch up with the champions of Division 1, the San Francisco Iron Maidens, Jessica Estrada and Melissa Armstrong. We speak to the Division 2 champions, Heather Serpico and Heather Vanderhoof. We also talk to an upcoming player, Katrina Shearer from the Columbus Jillaroos. We chat with the president of the USAFL, Dennis Ryan, and Victorian umpire, Di Fyland, who took part in the USAFL Nationals. That's all coming up on the GirlsPlayFooty.com podcast. Peter Holden, thank you very much for joining us on the 19th episode of the girlsplayfooty.com podcast for 2016, our 53rd edition overall. This is a very special edition of the podcast. We're bringing it to you from the Tampa International Airport post USAFL Nationals for 2016. And what a carnival it was. Uh, The defending champions, the Denver Lady Bulldogs, they've won six national titles in a row. They couldn't crack it for number seven. In the end, it was the San Francisco Iron Maidens that clean sweep women's division one. 4-0, 4-0, including defeating Denver in a game by three points. An absolute thriller of a contest. In Division 2, the title holders are now the Portland Sockeyes, with their combination using borough players from Seattle, Tampa Bay and Arizona. So, plenty to uh, get through on this uh, podcast. We'll be uh, speaking very shortly with uh, Melissa Armstrong and Jessica Estrada from the San Francisco Iron Maidens. Then from the uh, Portland Sockeyes team, the Sockeyes' uh, very own heartbeat, Heather Serpico, and uh, one of their borough players, uh, a new convert, she used to play rugby league, now playing Aussie Rules uh, from Tampa Bay, uh, Heather Vanderhoop. That is uh, all coming up in a moment's time. But just a reminder that if you do want to watch back any of the matches that were played over Saturday and Sunday American time at the USAFL Nationals at Lakewood Ranch, uh, you just go to the USAFL website, usafl.com, and then click on 2016 Nationals, and you can select whatever game you want to view. And just a quick note, I want to thank... Uh, Brian Barish, uh, Drea Casillas, uh, Dennis Ryan and all those at the USAFL for allowing me to come over and to commentate 14 out of the uh, 15 women's matches that were played over the weekend and a great initiative by them to make sure that every women's Division 1 and Division 2's game was live stream. A fantastic step forward, great initiative by the USAFL. Let's kick off our interviews. First of all, we spoke to Jessica Estrada just after they played their last match and San Francisco Iron Maidens being crowned champions of Division 1. Jessica Estrada of the San Francisco Iron Maidens. 4-0, how does it feel to be champions? Awesome. I mean, really awesome. <laughs> we'll have to beep that out. you got to beep that out. What, what a tournament, particularly on day one. You beat your rival Sacramento, but putting away New York. Oh, yeah. It was a great game. We played as a team. That's how we win as a team. As a team. What maidens do. And as well, coming up against Denver, what a final half that was. It was pressure packed. You hung on by three points. I got to credit the big D. Our defense held it through in the wind. It was an epic battle. It was an amazing game. Great coaching. And how about Melissa Armstrong? She just got buried into the turf all day. Oh, Melissa also, yes, that's the way she likes it. But she played so well. I love Melissa. Once again, Jessica, congratulations. You are champions of the USA. Yeah! Joined here by 
here by Melissa Armstrong of the San Francisco Iron Maidens. Uh, first of all, before we talk about representative honours, how sweet was it to taste that championship? Oh, it tasted real good. <laughs> real good. <laughs> and, and how did you pull up? I mean, you're an in and under player. You got banged up quite a bit. A lot of tackles in there. How did you pull up? Uh, I, I got hurt a lot. Twisted my, well, my knee jab came out, but I did all right. Winners all over the park, in the ruck, in the forward line. Everything just seemed to work smoothly throughout the whole carnival for, for the Iron Maidens. We had really good forwards. We had Jess Estrada, did amazing, Carly. We just, I mean, the whole team came together and we just made it happen. It was really great. You talk about that forward line, Estrada, Millie Bruce, Brett Bauer in there as well. There's just multiple options to go to. Yeah, yeah. Brett Bauer is, like, dominating up there. Carl, I don't, I don't even know all of them. Like, not, not one of them did not touch the ball. Like, they all touched the ball so many times. So, they did a great job. And to have someone like Jackie DeLue to be able to go up against the likes of Hallie Adrian and check her in that game. Oh, it felt really good. She did amazing. She came up there. She used her knee a lot, which was great. <laughs> I was super proud of her. So, she did a good job. A nine-point lead you had at half time, and you had to sit on that. They had the breeze coming into the second half. What was the pressure like in that final 20 minutes? It was hard. They came out tough. I mean, they it's a tough team to beat, so they, they did a really great job. I'm glad our team stacked up against them, though. They, we did a really good job, too. The Maidens are an amazing team. We moved the ball around the field so well, and I'm so proud of them. They came so far from... I mean, even, like, two years ago, we did well in the final grand final, but last year, it was, you know, it was tough, but this year, it's so amazing. They did so good, all of them. All the rookies, they came out so great. They're all so tough. Just quickly, what does it mean for West Coast football this weekend? Because we've had uh, Portland-Seattle combination. They comfortably won the Division two, and they want to come up to Division One. Uh, Sacramento finally scored their first win. You've taken the championships, and it all happens in San Diego next year. I'm totally stoked about San Diego. I'm from San Diego, so I'm like uh, so excited about San Diego. Um, I think Portland has a really good opportunity to win um, and come up to Divi One if they get their numbers because they are really good, very very good, um, and I, they're just a newer team that's really building right now so I think if they got more numbers they would definitely come up to it. Does it all soak in that on a day you win a championship and oh here's a USA Freedom Jumper? Uh, it was amazing. <laughs> that, that, I'm going to put a medal on and a freedom jumper on. Like That felt really good today. <laughs> IC17 is probably going to be the biggest yet. Canada has obviously won and, and they're the champions. Ireland. We've seen Great Britain, particularly that London competition, really strong coming along. And of course the USA through the Iron Maidens winning, coming stronger and stronger. Plus, for all the girls that play, for those that are interested, maybe the character playing in the AFL women's competition in 2018. What does this mean? Well, first of all, we have 12 maidens coming to into the Freedom uh, team, which I think is going to dominate. I think dominate Canada. I that is going to be a really good game to watch. Um, last year, I think we just didn't have it put together. I think this year we know what it takes to beat Canada. So I think they're the number one team right now. I think we'll take them. For you, what happens personally now over the next uh, 10 months as you get ready for August and traveling down to Oz? Well, um, I plan on doing a winter. Uh, 
um, league in my state um, and kind of just moving forward like playing footy most of the year so I think we'll take off maybe some of the hotter months but most of the year we'll play so. well let's say congratulations again on winning the championship and getting the freedom jumper enjoy the partying tonight so much it was a pleasure talking to you joining us now uh, the stake expert of South Heather Serpico from uh, Portland you can't wipe the smile off her face you've done it again and taken out the diversion two title yeah I mean I had a amazing group of girls beside me it was it was incredible um, came together four teams played as one this whole weekend uh, from the first half to the last it was it was absolutely like we've been playing together for years all over the place Tampa Bay Arizona Seattle Portland oh yeah I mean and that that's what made it harder I was excited about that gave it more of a challenge just to see what we could do and, and we kept the communication up from the first bounce and, and that's all you really need to do is you have to play as one and and know each other and have each other's backs and hold each other accountable plenty of winners uh, one of them from uh, Tampa Bay was uh, Vanderhoop oh yeah she uh she came through in the end uh, the, the whole the whole weekend she came through but there were quite a few marks at the end of that game that really saved us uh, and, and made sure we kept that score comfortable. <laughs> Simone Shepard, like a hot knife through butter, was it four goals and a half of football and put away the Demons? Oh, Simone is our bread and butter on this team. There's there's no doubt about it. Um, very lucky to have Simone. If we didn't, there would be no Sockeyes. That's just the truth. And she comes out. She's our captain. She leads us, leads us the whole time from the first second of the game to the last. She's all over that field. It's amazing. And what's her background, by the way? Uh, she actually only just kicked around back when she lived in Australia. Um, she she grew up in, in Melbourne, and, and she she just had kicks in, like, the backyard with her brother, like everybody else. She never played footy. She wasn't really allowed to. Uh, so it wasn't until she got here that she could. Uh, but her background really is, like, basketball, tennis. She's just an all-around athlete. She plays uh, amateur gridiron for the Portland Shockwave, and she's incredible. She's an amazing receiver and quarterback. Like, I had the opportunity to see her play this season, and I called it. I was like, she's going to pick that girl off in one second. Boom. Picked her off, went in, picked six. It was amazing. And the Jones sisters just kept going and going and going. I couldn't have asked her anything better than that. I, I really couldn't. Uh, I had no idea. I didn't even know Tampa Bay existed. Someone told me that the Jones sisters are amazing. And I said, well, I'm going to have to see it for myself. You know, that's all. And they, man, they showed me. <laughs> You could call it the West Coast Carnival. Three days after the Nationals, it was decided that San Diego will host it next year. And then the two West Coast teams win it. Portland with the other sides and San Francisco taking Division One. Oh, yeah. And we're, we're going to, I'm sure we're both going to roll into next year ready to go. And I'm ready to play D1 next year. I'm ready to take on San Francisco. You know, can't let them have that back-to-back. And that was a talking point as well. I mean, if you're lucky enough to get to 18 or if you have to combine, do you want to make that step up? Absolutely. We want to we wanna take it to the next level. And I think the level of play that you saw from all the D2 teams this year um, is phenomenal. We, we could have competed against Sacramento, New York, Denver. We would have had no problem with that. And, and we're excited to do it next year. You're trying to uh, push the name of the club out there. Do you think there's any chance you can try and nudge it into the local press to try and get that coverage of hey, here's this unusual Aussie rules team from Portland and we're the Division 2 national champions. Oh, absolutely. We just had a local TV station come out and uh, interview and film our practice a couple of weeks ago uh, leading up to nationals and 
So, I mean, right there, we got some local coverage. I'm always on Twitter, Instagram, reaching out to people that take interest in us. So, absolutely. The question is now, how hard can Portland party? Oh, trust me. My liver is not going to thank me tomorrow. <laughs> and finally, hashtag, do we need to fear the fish? Absolutely, fear the fish. Joined by Heather Vander, who from the uh, Portland Sockeyes, but I believe correctly from Tampa Bay originally. Yeah, well, not originally, but I played for Tampa Bay, yes. And I heard rumour that you're originally a rugby player that's crossed over. I am a rugby player who has crossed over, yes, to the to the other side. <laughs> so the question is, how did you come across Aussie Rules Football? Uh, you know, I was on Twitter and someone tweeted out, you know, go all the Tampa Bay teams, you know, the Lightning, the Bucks, the Rays and the Swans. And I was like, what the hell are the Swans? So I looked them up and they're our local footy team and their training set is co-ed. So I showed up and the guys were awesome, welcomed me right in and met a couple of the other women who play and just never looked back. And how long ago was that? Uh, May. So it's only just been a few months. For you, has it been like a duck to water? Have you found the skills easy? No, because everything I know from rugby is wrong. <laughs> it's absolutely a challenge. My first game, I think I threw the ball about 27 times and maybe handballed it once. So baby steps, but uh, it's been a lot of fun picking it up and learning. How have you found the competitiveness of the Nationals? Oh, huge, huge. It's been amazing, amazing to play with people and just watch them step up, um, both just on the field when we're playing and watching some of these amazing other games going on around us. I uh, noticed one thing, you've tapped the ball on the ground a couple of times, so you're still getting used to the bounce? Oh, yeah, I can't bounce at all. <laughs> Not at all. Totally gets away from me. <laughs> and how's it been like to try and blend with players, from, as we said, from the West Coast, Portland, Seattle, Arizona? You know, we, we all met up for the first time yesterday morning and a couple rounds of names and a few uh, moments of, uh, so can you remind me again? Um, but overall, our captains, our leaders did a really good job of getting us all to gel really, really quickly. Um, and yeah, we just all came together. Everybody did a really, really good job of working together. And I mean, I feel like I've known these girls for ages already. And it's been, you know, 36 hours. And finally, how does it feel to take out the title on debut? It feels freaking amazing. So, so good. That last game felt great. Um, yeah, looking forward to drinking out of the trophy later. Heather, congratulations and well done. Thank you so much for talking to me. You're listening to a very special edition of the GirlsPlayFooty.com podcast being brought to you from Tampa International Airport in Florida. More interviews to come up. On the way, we have the USAFL President Dennis Ryan. He's going to explain to us uh, the state of the game at the moment in the USA and, of course, how well the uh, Nationals ran for this year. And then a, a legend, a Victorian umpire, Dive Island. We know her as Coyote. Of course, the umpires of the Victorian Football League uh, women's competition. She gives her view on the umpiring and playing standard over in the USA through her eyes. But uh, here's an interview with an upcoming player who uh, just moments after we spoke to her was announced as being a member of the USA Freedom side. And she's only a new convert to Aussie Rules football. She's actually a handball player. Her name is Katrina Shearer from the Columbus Jullaroos. And we started off by asking Katrina how long she'd been playing Aussie Rules. About six months ago. So haven't stopped doing it, love it. I'm planning on doing it for a while, so. And, and who dragged you into the game? How did you find out about the Columbus Jillaroos? My friend saw a flyer with, like, the tearaway tags and thought it might look fun, so she told me about it. I YouTubed it and <laughs> turned up to the first practice, and the Jillaroos were really um, welcoming, so. Yeah. And what was your sporting background beforehand? I played soccer my whole life and then had recently gone into team handball, so that really helped with, you know, grabbing the balls out of the air. So did really well with that this season. 
Uh, one thing we're impressed by was your attack on the ball, plenty of speed as well, and kicking. Probably the only thing you don't have down yet is the bouncing. You've had to touch on the ground a couple of times. How have you found trying to learn the skills of the game in the last six months? It's been pretty difficult, but I mean, all the jackaroos, the jillaroos are always there. I had a lot of people try and teach me how to do the bounce. I did it in a tournament before, and it was pretty awesome, but I was kind of nervous to do it at the Nationals. I didn't want to get the ball away from me, so I didn't want to push it, but it's awesome. And what about the opportunity as well to be borrowed to be a player for the New York Magpies in the higher division? It made me feel really good because, you know, they only took a few people, and I was glad I could help. I, I was ready. I was tired, but I just wanted to give it my all anyways. And, I mean, since you've enjoyed now six months of Aussie rules, what are your plans for the future? Just some more nationals? Do you hope at some stage to get in the Freedom team or even take a trip down to Australia? Yeah, my hope is to make the Freedom team. Um, I tried out for it when I was up in Racine. And then my coaches are always going down to Australia, so they said that they might look into some club teams for me. And hopefully I can make it down there to Australia at some point. So looking forward to it. And what's the plan for the next few months as you, I guess, lead up to the next season? Well, we'll see what happens with freedom, and if that happens, then I'm just like just going to keep going to practice and working on my skills. I got a lot to learn still. I got to uh, clean it up a bit, but I'm, I don't think I'm going to take too much time off. Well, Katrina, thank you very much for joining us, and uh, best of luck as heading into season 2017. Thank you. I appreciate it. Joining us here, the president of the US AFL in uh, Dennis Ryan. Uh, Dennis, how did you feel that the 2016 Nationals went at Sarasota? Uh, mate, it, 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 it's probably gone as well as I expected it would. I knew that it was going to be difficult to get people here. It's kind of a tough location, but the the, the, the facility just sold me. It was It's the most amazing facility that we could possibly ever imagine here in the U.S. I had Alex Arruccio talking to him today. Uh, he's played VFL in the, with the Northern uh, uh, Blues, Blues, the, Northern Blues yeah. the last two years. He's played on the MCG, he's played at Earhead Stadium, he's obviously played a lot of VFL grounds. He said there was no, nothing better than what he played on this weekend. So um, for me, it's just personally, it's, it's really um, paid off in, in the fact I've t- taken a gamble and um, it's paid off. Everyone has just been so blown away with the facility and, and, the, and the town. It's a pretty cool little town, so really went well. Yeah. Uh, we obviously focus on the women's division at girlsplayfooty.com. How important has it been this weekend? Top division, 18 aside football, 14 to 16 aside in division two. Ah, uh, very important. We, yeah, the, the bottom line in the U.S. is if we're going to grow and make it here, we have to get into the school system. Uh, the school system is 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 bound by Title IX, which is equal e- equality. If you're going to have men's sport, you have to have a women's sport. So it's not even an argument. Women's sport has to be. Pl- we have to play women's sport. It's not. It's it's not maybe like it is in Australia, where it's just starting to evolve, or it has been now well well and truly for 20 years, I guess. But um, you know, there's obviously some diehards that might might be against it. Yeah, it's not even a choice for us. It is an equal. We've got to be equal. So that just it makes it a level playing field, and. We we have to support the women just as much as we support the men. We've been seeing players like uh, Shepard out of uh, Portland, who was sensational today with her four goals in the Division Two Grand Final. Shearer as well, who's uh, what, played football for six months and now got into the USA Freedom side. What do you think needs to be done to not only obviously get them better, get a higher standard, but hopefully we see someone from the US drafted into the women's competition? Um, actually, I've been pushing the AFL on this, is that I want them to do a women's combine just like they do a men's combine. Um, I 
obviously very focused on yeah. starting off the women's league next year. And once they get started, I think they'll start to open up and and um, and repeat the combine that they do for the men and see the value. The women athletically have much less opportunities over here than the men do, which even them, the way the, the sporting culture is set up, you know, generally in, in across the board, men have a lot of a lot less opportunities to continue playing sport, uh, comp- you know, at a good competitive level, not like we have with our club system back in Australia. So the women are even worse off than that. Um, we could attract some amazing athletes with the women uh, very quickly if we offer that combine situation to them and the possibility of going to Australia and playing professional sport. And I think they will really grasp it. You know, we have a bit of an issue that the women's footy has taken off so big back home that the the stand and the coaching and the and everything's going really well that the standard is raising quickly and we're getting left behind. Um, we we don't want to create a massive gap like there is between us and the men. We want to we want to keep pace with the women. So really important that we 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 don't get left too far behind and there's too big a gap to make up. That was the talk about this weekend. A lot of rookies. New York, for example, 13 rookies in their side. Uh, exactly. And so the women have done great um, with recruiting, especially in New York. Um, it, it, it is hard. There's a lot of misconceptions about our sport. They relate it to their sport of American football. So when you say the words football and contact, they see these violent um, hits and tackles. You know, their game is actually not focused on the ball. It's about playing Players have roles, and they, uh, one of those roles might well be to, as soon as the ball touches someone's hands, is to take that player out. But you're not necessarily going for the ball. That, that, the difference with our sport is the, is the focus is on the ball. Um, you, the, the tackling at any level is nowhere near the same intensity. We don't tackle to, to kill. We, we tackle to, uh, um, you know, to continue to participate in the game. And um, so there's some mental models and some misconceptions out there that we need to uh, overcome. Um, and, and that is certainly difficult, um, and so that's why it's, it's great for it's good for us to embrace the different formats of touch and and uh, and smaller numbers. And if we do that and embrace it, uh, accept that it's going to be different. The, the underlying sort of. Uh, uh, mantra, I guess, uh, uh, with all of this is that the AFL continues to evolve. Mm. You know, the rules change every year. So I'd love our women to to really em- embrace that mantra of um, the game's going to evolve anyway. Why don't we create some of that involvement? Why don't we be front runners? And how much emphasis does that actually bring on IC17? I guess the same can be said for the men, as much as we focus on the women. That with that standard getting higher here, to be able to find a way to, dr- because it's in Melbourne, to drag the recruiters down to wherever the games are being held to try and get the vision to convince them you've got to look at this talent. Um, I think they will as a natural course. The, the, the Women's League, I think, next next uh, January and February or Mar- February and March, whatever it's going to be, is, is going to be enormously successful. There's going to be a lot of buzz around it. And by the time we get to August, um, it's going to be pretty much uh, mid-season. I guess the girls are going to go back into the state leagues and continue to play. But um, I, I think uh, they'll certainly be looking at us with a, with a wider vision than they have in the past. And finally, just by luck, it's turned out to be a West Coast weekend. You 
you announced a couple of days ago, San Diego, California, will host the Nationals in 2017. And by luck in the women's division, Portland with Seattle from the West Coast taking Division 2, San Francisco taking Division 1. So that's that's probably going to bode well for them next year. They're going to be even stronger when they go to San Diego. uh, we obviously want to um, include an Aussie division, so we're looking for um, Australian teams on, on their end-of-season football trips. We'd love not only just to have a men's... We, we are sort of um, putting it out there to men's, but it's it, it's with a little bit of... Um, and our expectation that, that would, would there's more men's teams out there. Yeah. But we would certainly love to have a, a division of women's Australian women's teams coming over as well on a on a end of season football trip and we'll we'll find a way to accommodate her if they want to come. Dennis, thanks very much for your time. Congratulations on a great tournament. No worries, mate, thank you. Joining us here, the famous Coyote Dife Island from the Victorian Football League women's competition. She's been umpiring many years. The question is, Di, how on earth do you end up here at Sarasota, Florida? Okay, a bunch of us from Essendon um, got given the opportunity to come over and do some coaching work with um, the American umpires. So I was fortunate enough to be one of those that is here and wow. Before we talk about uh, the players per se, how did you find the standard of umpiring and those particularly in the Orange Shirts trying to learn the game? Okay, they're very much a developing league. But the thing that really impressed us is that even though we've got a lot of umpires with relatively little experience, they were like little sponges. They just wanted to learn. They wanted to grow their game. And umpiring here in the US has definitely, the standard overall, has definitely improved since 2002 when the first umpire came out for the International Cup. you know, there's been a lot of hard work done and it's really gratifying to us coming out here to do coaching sessions to have people want to draw on our experience and even over the course of the weekend we've seen some clear improvement in some of these umpires. It's, it bodes well for the USAFL umpires. You came out to observe but ended up pulling on the uniform. I did and I'm going to sleep very well tonight. I've done a lot of games that I certainly didn't expect to do but it's an amazing experience. Really, really incredible stuff. And also important to see a number of female umpires within their group as well. That's something I wasn't quite expecting the number of females, but I mean, I knew Nicole was here, but there's a bunch of others and they're all obviously having a really great time because they keep on coming back and getting involved. Um, Really, really awesome. Finally, how did you find the standard of football? You've umpired everywhere in the Victorian Women's League from the bottom development divisions right up to the State League. You're aware of the level of football that's out there. How did you assess that the women you saw out today, Division 1, Division 2 of the Women's Leagues? Look, some of these girls who are out here today would not be out of place pulling a jumper on in the Premier or perhaps even the State League. Um, the standard of football here, like the standard of umpiring, is steadily progressing. And I would think that I know a number of these girls are coming out to Sydney and Melbourne next year. And if I were a club looking for players, I'd be snapping them up. There's some really quality stuff happening here. Indeed. And uh, I think the even though the scoreboard shows it low and anyone that uh, didn't watch the game and saw 1-3-9 to 1-6 one between uh, San Francisco and Denver would have gone, oh, that's a low-quality game. But no, if you actually saw the game, that was an intense 40 minutes of football. 
Absolutely. Uh, at both ends of the ground, the defensive skills, even in the midfield. You know, these girls hit really, really hard. And I know there's a number of people who aren't used to seeing women's football who came out this weekend and they've gone, oh, wow, this is really, really incredible stuff. These girls, at times, they hit harder than men, which is very similar to the style of women's play at home. Well, Di, thank you very much for joining us. Enjoy the rest of your trip in the USA. Put your feet up because it's only a handful of months and we all go round again back home. Absolutely. Thanks very much for your time, Peter. And again, we thank all our guests, Jessica Estrada, Melissa Armstrong, Heather Serpico, Heather Vanderhoop, uh, Katrina Shearer, Dennis Ryan and Di Filand for their time. Uh, this ends this very special edition of the GirlsPlayFooty.com podcast from Tampa International Airport in Florida. I look forward to bringing you another podcast when we're back in Melbourne as we start to focus on pre-season of the inaugural AFL Women's Competition. Until then, I'm Peter Holden. Thanks for your company and bye for now.